money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I think I'm ready to talk money. If I'm not ready to talk money, Ray's here so he can help me. <laughs> Ray's here. Okay, so, so we're, we're starting the show, Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. And it's Dave and Reb and Ray, yes. uh, because we're not sure if Reb's ready to talk money. <laughs> it's uh, summer. Oh, that's you know, what it is. I'm in book reading mode. You're in book reading yeah. mode. Okay. Well, we'll take that. But, uh, so we do have Ray Borg yes. here from Compass Canada. Ray, you're a regular on the show. We're going to bring you right in at the beginning, because we're really, this show is, is a little more relaxed because it is summer, and, and we're going over some things that you might the listener might have heard us talk about over the last number of shows. Uh, we're, we're just doing a little summer recap, uh, some light and fluffy stuff. Well, maybe well, not maybe so much. Well, maybe not so light and fluffy. I have a feeling this isn't going to be light and fluffy. It never is light and fluffy. We're talking about money. I know, but that's not light and fluffy. No, no. I guess the topic is, you know, one of those things. Okay, so where are we going today, Reb? Okay. Do you want to start? Yes. You know? okay. So when I was, I went for a nice walk last night, and um, I was praying about today's show, and we like, of course, all the listeners know we like scripture, um, mm-hmm. because that's that's a compass for us in our walk with money and a bit of um, a guidebook yes and i was and brian dirksen's song came into my head from long ago i lift my eyes up uh to the mountains where does my help come from my help comes from you maker of heaven creator of the earth and um i'll actually keep reading because the song is different than the scripture but the song is different than the song yes (laughs) psalm 121 i lift my eyes up to the mountains where does my help come from my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth he will not let your foot slip he who watches over you will not slumber indeed he who watches over israel will never neither slumber nor sleep the lord watches over you The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. I... I, when I read those verses, I love it. And you're all going to say, what does that have to do with money? Um, but I don't know. I can, I can make yeah. some money uh, kind of cross over here. He, he who watches over us will not let our foot slip. He doesn't sleep or slumber. And mm-hmm. I think there's this theme in my head running like a, a recording that we have forgotten who we are and we've forgotten who God is. And in our money stories and our money journeys and the things that we're going to recap today i i really believe that we all need to be encouraged by the thought that he hasn't left us Mm -hmm. that we actually have to lift our head up to the hill like like literally i know it sounds funny but sometimes our 
position that we're depressed or sad is downcast. We don't look up. We don't look people in the eye. And God is asking us to look up to the mountains and find out where his help is coming from. But it's also the inward focus, right? You know, in the sense of, you know, okay, I'm stressed out about money or I'm stressed out about the bills or or whatever financial stress there is. And we're looking inside and and we're kind of, everything is piling inside. And and you know what the psalm is saying, and what you're saying this morning, Reb, is is hey, you know, let's lift up our heads, let's look to where our help comes from. I mean, I had that great scene from Lord of the Rings when you know all oh, yeah. you know the the the. Okay, uh, we're Lord of the Rings uh, fans over here, so <laughs> careful. <laughs> <laughs> but we, it's it's a great scene, and it happens twice in the movie. One once at Helm's Deep, where. You know, they're, you know, the night has passed and they've been fighting all night. And then the sun rises in the east and there's Gandalf with the rest of the, 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 the horsemen and they come down. And, and then, of course, the same thing happens when, when they're at uh, Minas Tirith. Minas Tirith, yes. Yeah. And, and again, they've been fighting. There's this huge, overwhelming battle going on. And then across the ridge, you know, all of the horsemen come across and and it's it's this great scene and in both scenes you have to look up because they're you know they're fighting the battle in the city in how you know they're fighting well, and, in it, there. and it's awesome because I just going to that story because it's such so spiritually significant and that's why we love Lord of the Rings because we see so many spiritually significant things that God speaks to us about in our life and Gandalf says I don't know if look to the east mm-hmm. at, on the third the the morning of the third day and like, and they're just holding out on the promise. They're, they're and sometimes hold, in our right. money stories, you're we're holding, just holding out, out on, on the, the promise that help is coming. And when he comes, he has a staff raised and the sun is shining. And it it just, the the light annihilates the dark the dark enemy. And I, you know, just saying it now, I mean, that is awesome. So when he asks us to lift our eyes to the hills, mm-hmm. there, there's a promise that he's not sleeping. He, you may be sleepless in the night because of worry. And, you know, I, Dave and I haven't been far off this in our own stories as of late, our own financial stories or, or issues in our lives and circumstances where you're up at night concerned. And, I mean, this word is as much for me as anything. Look, look. look. And the k- kicker is about what Gandalf says, you know, who rose on the third day? You know, help, and I'm sure Tolkien did it significantly. If he okay, did. we don't want to find God in no, Lord of the Rings. That's a different show or a different podcast. But it's still <laughs> awesome because we have the hope because on the third day he rose. That's mm-hmm. our hope. That's our hope for our finances. That's why we look to the hills because of his promise of, of salvation and redemption in every story we live. So, and, and that kind of goes to where we we want to go next in the sense that we were talking earlier and and each of us have scripture each of us have promises each of us have things that we go to that when we are discouraged or when we're up in the night or you know what do we do uh and so maybe ray you start by sharing just you had somewhere where you say okay i this is the verse that i go to or this is the place that i go to well for me it was psalm 24 1 The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell within. For he has founded it upon the seas and established upon the rivers. And for me, that was, um, then he talked about, and 
who will ascend the hill of the Lord, who will stand in his holy place, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And for me, that was a... um, epiphany moment when um, I read a couple years ago Howard Dayton's book, Who Found a Compass, uh, Finances God's Way, um, his book, Your Money Counts. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the scriptures that just grabbed my attention. God owns everything. He owns our finances. He owns all our possessions. He owns us, who we are. And uh, for me, that was just a moment of okay, Lord, this is just not mine. This belongs to you. And how do I manage this and steward this? How do I get it back to you? If I've got myself into this mess financially and um, have bills that are piling up and line of credit and credit cards, so Lord, what do I do with this? I acknowledge it, but now, Father, I'm looking to you. I'm lifting my eyes to you as you were just talking about, Rebecca. Um, Lord, in that place, can you help me see my way through? Mm-hmm. Can you show me a perspective I've not seen before? Um, that picture you just talked about, the light coming and look to the east, that just kind of riveted in my, my thinking. It was like, oh, God, wouldn't that be something? Because you know? sometimes you know, we get pretty depressed and discouraged. Mm-hmm. Like, is this ever going to end? You know, as, you know, the bills mm-hmm. seep coming, the car breaks down. <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier. Um, <clears throat> and it's like, Lord, is this ever going to end? But um, yes, Lord, you have a way because you look after us. That's your provision. You care so much for us. And I have to put my trust in you and not in money. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. trust going back to looking to you, not to my money as the source, even if I may have screwed up in some areas. Mm-hmm. Father, you're going to help me make it right. Yeah, and there's grace there. Yes. And, and, and again, you know, debt is not a sin. It's a burden. And what do we yeah. know that the Father wants to do but take the burden from us? Mm-hmm. In fact, often in Scripture he talks about, like, please, let me carry the burden. Let me take that from you. You don't need to hold on to those burdens, whether it's financial or something else. You know, God is constantly saying that to us, his kids. Let me carry your burdens. Yeah, yeah. Let me take them from you. Um, and so I think, you know, it's perfect. Reb, you, you had an, a place where you go. Oh, yeah. Um, Isaiah 55. I've been there for a decade, I think. <laughs> I keep going <laughs> the back. The story I know. keeps coming uh, Yeah. The verse that um, – I, I guess why we're sharing the verses is because I think we've also forgotten how to take Scripture and use it as a, the sword in our hand. Mm-hmm. So Dave and I were just talking about something that I know I don't have money for, and I – confessed it to him today and said, I really want to do this thing, but I know we don't have cash for it. In the past, I would have just kept it silent, gone and done it, put it on the credit card. And, but today, and told, I, me later. And told Tim later. Um, but today I you took good steps forward. See, you know, we're, we're, we're at more than enough when we talk about all this stuff, but I'm learning right along side of everybody. But so that was a big uh, thing for me. But the verse pertains to it, actually, and it's this. Um, Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Now, there's also verses before that in Isaiah 55 where he invites us to come without money But he invites us to come without money and buy wine 
and milk. It's his, it's his life-giving source that mm-hmm. he's inviting us to. And it gets me every time I quote that verse or think about that verse. And that verse has just become a part of, of my, my being because I've, I need it so badly. So sometimes in moments like when I confess these things to Dave, I go back to that verse and say, why do you spend money on what is not bread? Why do I want to spend that money on that thing when it's not going to when it's not going to be of any value to me in the end? And if you don't have sure, if I had money for it, you know, there's nothing bad with enjoying mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to put me in further trouble, you know, the Lord's like come to me. I'll give I'll give you what you think that thing or that experience is going to give you. And and, you know, Beth Moore always said, you know, she, she and some friends she knew, they'd put scripture verses, literally, when they were trying to deal with a sin or something in their life because they were just so discouraged, they'd pin it to their clothes. So they'd, they'd get discouraged, and an hour later, they'd look down, and there is that verse. You know, I know some people tattoo it now on, on their bodies, but... but Rev's not ready to go that far. No, I'm not going that far. But how desperate are we to be free? How much do we really want to do it God's way? Ask the Lord for some scriptures. Or they'll show up, like in Ray's Mm -hmm. case or mine, and you just stumble on them, and you're like, wow. Mm -hmm. And take them and eat them. Like, eat them and not even memorize, but meditate on them. And they'll become a part of you, and they can be a part of helping you in your financial journey. And it's the power of the truth, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that when, when we when we start to ingest these scriptures, when we start to go, you know what? Oh, wait a minute. Why do I spend money on something that, that doesn't, in the end, bring satisfaction? I need to come to the Lord. And, and we start to – that's when the power of the world is more than just a memorized verse or, or more than just, um, you know, reading it on your, your, your morning devotion. But then it becomes part of you and it becomes a weapon against the enemy who again this is temptation it's temptation all around us and a lie Mm -hmm. it's actually the truth going up against the lie because the lie says that thing or that new car or what i mean we all know we need new vehicles we all know that there's food we need and all of that but it comes up against the lie that that's going to bring if i have that that's going to bring me happiness or satisfaction and it's just not true Right. Because mm-hmm. in that verse I read, you know, listen carefully to me. It's in the presence of God. And and I think we just have to remember who our source is. Yeah, really cool. And mine is, is from Matthew chapter 6, and it's just seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and then all these things will be added to me. And for me, that's just a... a come to the father it's it really is a, a i can trust the father he says just come just come i i have what not only what you need but of course in in the rest of matthew 6 he specifically details you know mm-hmm. food clothing and, and then the part that i love the best is is when he says now the gentiles seek after all all these things and i'm like okay wait a minute I'm a gentile. when i find myself <laughs> seeking after those things and not God, then uh, I got to go, oh, wait a minute. I, I am off uh, in, in where I've put my trust. I am off in where mm-hmm. I've put my, my faith. And I have to get back to, okay, Father, what is your will? What, where is your kingdom? How are you at work in the world around me? And what do you want me to do? And those are just some of the simple questions that we can come back to the Father with, you know, and say, okay, 
Father, how does that practically work out? Because, again, I'm the practical guy, and I love mm-hmm. that Matthew 6 is about practical. Like, I will take care of what you're going to eat, where you're going to live, how you're going to, to uh, what you're going to close yourself with. I mean, or, or how to get a car. We were talking about that. <laughs> when we need it, it's broken down. And, yes, that's right. Yeah, what do you do? Anyway. Yeah. Okay, we need to do some of the practical things to get back to some basics. Okay. Because, I mean, that's a real basic. And maybe some of you... Start with Scripture. Start with Scripture and and the Lord. And ask the Lord to give you something that's just for you mm-hmm. in this season. You know, there are different seasons of your life, but the Lord has His Word alive and ready for each of us to help us uh, get closer to Him and and be victorious in the journey. And um, But, you know, when we were looking at the practical things also, we were thinking about, you know, there are just some times when we're, we're discouraged by our money story. We're discouraged by the broken down cars and the taxes and the, you know. We or maybe it's just an area you're not happy with. Right. Mm-hmm. In the yes. sense yeah. of saying, you know, yep, we know that there is the, the, the regular expense. But there may be an area where you're just saying, you know, I just don't know if I have a handle on it maybe there's an area of finances where you feel like it's out of control and you're like what's with that you know go to the scripture first and say okay so father in this area of car repairs because we've been talking, yeah, we're talking about, about car repairs this morning, this morning. you know i'm not uh, you know it, lord it seems like every time i turn around there's another car repair and and what what is that now is that perception you know is is it a whole bunch of itty bitty little things that keep creaking, creeping up? Is it the fact that you have five cars and you're maintaining five different cars or something like that? Right? You know, everybody has their own thing. Uh, I did a little, you know, internal combustion engine inventory um, a number of months ago. I think we have nine internal combustion engines in our, you know, between lawnmowers and whipper snippers <laughs> and, and uh, you know, three vehicles and lawn. Oh. And, and I was like, oh, snowblowers, right? Yeah. And I said, I got to spend at least two Saturdays a year just transitioning them from winter to summer to winter to summer. And I'm not sure I want to spend all that time doing it. But you know, so I'm I'm slowly deciding that I'm not replacing the gas powered whippersnapper. I'm going to have a electric one so I don't have to maintain it uh, anyway. So, but that's that's what we're that, talking that a little bit today. That is taking inventory, and when you actually face it because we love that thing becoming aware of your finances and the situation i mean that's half the battle sometimes you just don't want to deal with it you just i would have never known that we had all of those on our property do you want to hear the list no 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 no, no, two four-wheelers one snowmobile a whippersnapper two snowblowers the can uh, can i just tell everyone that they're all used (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and some of them are older. Some of them are a little older. That's why we need maintenance. That's why it takes me so long. Uh, uh, I'm not done. That was only half. But anyways, we won't go there. Oh, oh. But, but as we were talking, I mean, at what point has it moved past its longevity? We were just right, talking about yes. that earlier. No. Part of it is making the decision, as you were talking, Dave, about um, looking at it and actually being intentional. Okay, why am I discouraged in this area? Why does it feel out of control here? Actually, how much, like on the car, we were talking about this, how much have I spent already in repairs? And you were mentioning how to go back over two years, looking at what is regular maintenance of any vehicle, and then what are the uh, things that are the extras, the breakdowns, and actually factoring them out over a period of time. When they start being more excessive than a monthly payment for a 
newer vehicle, then you have to kind of weigh up, is this the time to give up a vehicle and look for something new? Or if not, it's just the inconvenience of having a repair done, but you still financially are further ahead than going out and buying another vehicle. And I know I'm working through that one and praying, Lord, please, I would like another year or two out of my car. Right. And that's such a great exercise because it does a couple of things, right? So one, it allows you to see the reality. So again, divide your car expenses into two categories, the regular maintenance category and then the repair category. The things that, you know, okay, because my car is five, six, seven years old, I'm changing, you know, an axle shaft or something because that's just, you know, $250,000 or 1,000 kilometers worth of wear and tear. Uh, So divide it into two and then look at that. And certainly the regular maintenance one, then you just divide by 12 and say, okay, that monthly amount I need to be setting aside every month and putting that into a separate account for my car maintenance account. And it doesn't matter if I have a new car or a not so new car, that amount is going to be the same. And then you look at the repair side and you say, well, if that amount is say $300 divided by you know $300 a month, and you're saying, well, if I could put $300 a month into this vehicle, what could I get for $300 a month in a newer vehicle? And maybe that would be a consistent, there would be less emergencies, it wouldn't seem like you're always fixing the thing. Or maybe you're actually going, well, you know what, There's I can't get a vehicle as good as the one I have mm-hmm. for $300 a month. So okay, that's what it is, and now I have to take those two totals and put them away as my car expense for the year, and I just know that that's what it's going to be. And, and that's such a great exercise. It, it, again, Ray, you'd mentioned do it over two years in terms of mm-hmm. look backwards over the last two years because if you just do the last couple months, that's not really a great picture. It doesn't give you the, the true picture. So. And, and a reminder, you're, you're not alone. If you're asking yourself these things about your vehicles, we all have have to deal with that with our vehicles and some people will just they don't even think about it maybe because they're double income and cash flow is not an issue and they just go get a new car and it's you know but there are those of us who don't have have that and we have to take a little more uh, intention it's a big expense and again when you go into car financing i mean you know, we look at some of the the trucks and the uh, the trucks and the cars that are out there, and you're paying eight eight hundred dollars a month for a for a, a car um, yes. uh, loan. That's yeah, the word yeah. I had to get that a car loan, and you're going, wow, like. Do you really oh, want to spend eight hundred dollars a month? You still have to put tires on it. You still have to change the oil on it. You know those some. Of and those Dave things. and I were talking about it on the way in this morning. What What are you comfortable with with debt? Mm-hmm. And and that's a question you have to ask yourself because the other thing we were, were talking about you looking at is looking at your interest payments. Now maybe that doesn't pertain to a zero interest car loan, but. But for the other debt you have, what are you comfortable with? Dave always says, you know, debt's not a sin, it's a burden. And debt is a reality. What is debt doing to you? And go look at how much interest you're paying to financial institutions. And I challenge, I guess we challenge everybody. When you start looking at what you're paying Mm -hmm. in interest, I think you will all be surprised. And that might be a great motivator to get out of debt. Mm And that's financial awareness creates empowerment. That's facing, there's the acrostic, facing it and saying, 
am I okay with this amount of interest cost annually? So, and again, that's across all your, your debt, your credit cards, just in a sense, it's not that difficult an exercise to go through. I mean, your mortgage, if you have a mortgage, there's it's a statement that there. comes in January. Yeah, it yeah. tells you how much interest you paid this year. Okay, well, take that number. And then what are, you, what are your carrying costs on your credit card or, or your lines of credit? And say, all right, so it's, you know, whatever the minimum or the interest-only payment is on those, add those up, multiply by 12 and go, am I happy with this? No. Or, you know what? It's $100 a year. Well, okay, well, that's... I'm not going to stress about it and carry on with life. We know statistically the Canadian family is spending about 11% of their net income on interest costs, so carrying their debt. So mm-hmm. you know, in my world, what if we could get that away from the financial institutions and get that into our communities, get that you know, money that we could use uh, loving up on our neighbors and, and making sure that the, the community has some, I mean, to me, that's, that's the trade-off and, and a motivator for me to stay out of debt and not pay the interest to, to the to the, even though banks like to help our communities mm-hmm. too. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, but so those are a couple of, of practical exercises you can do that are a little more annual. You know, they're they're kind of looking at the bigger picture and, and annualizing some of these things and saying, are we. Really, it's not a guilt. You know, we're not mm-hmm. talking about guilt. We're not laying that on. We're just saying be aware. And if you're okay with those numbers, then great. If you want to change it, then you do what I do and start getting rid of internal combustion engines <laughs> and, and say, you know what, I, do, I, you know, I don't want to spend that much money maintaining all these different engines. What can I do to change that? And, and how can I do something a little bit different? So, well, we have three minutes left, apparently. We do? How did you know that? I don't know. Are you watching the clock? I'm watching you. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling us we have three minutes. I'm like, do we even ask another question? Because it's already... Of course we do. So, so here, uh, you know, you've done the, those two exercises, Ray. Um, with the material and compass, I know that there's a lot of practical stuff when mm-hmm. they're going through that. Do they? Is there some exercises in compass that would relate to, to some of those things that, that they go through? Well, you know, the the first thing that they always recommend is that people just track. Right. You know, one month, take 30 days. Every day you request a receipt. Every time you pass out any money or a debit card or credit card, you get a receipt in your hand and you put it on a piece of paper and you track mm-hmm. how much have you spent this month. Mm-hmm. And that will give you an idea of how you're spending. And then you can break it down then into different categories. How much for your car? How much for your house? You know, how much you're eating? How much for your mortgage? And those kinds of things. And then just break it out. And then often people have those moments where they're stunned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they look at, okay, I've been going to Tim's or Starbucks. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I spent $150 on that. And they went out for lunch, you know, a couple times a week, mm-hmm. you know. And it's great to go out with the gang and at lunch and build relationships. And then you suddenly look at how much that has cost. And then you look at how much interest you're paying on your credit card. And it's like, okay, so what's really more important? And so it just helps guide you around that kind of stuff. And then developing a spending plan right. is another good example mm-hmm. of what they do. Uh, just teaching, looking at all the areas, how much you're spending on life insurance, health care, those things, just some practical things when maybe you're needing to give it some attention. Right. So, so there is some, 
you know, helps even even in, and I know not just with Compass, but most of the the financial courses or mm-hmm. curriculum that we take will have some sort of exercise like that to get us financially aware. And that's really when we're talking about that. Let's get financially aware. And then number one in my books is let's go to Scripture. Let's go to the Father. Let's go to God and say, Lord, you are my source. You're not only my source for for vision, but you're my source for encouragement. You're my source for truth. Um, and, And let's get that first and then start that journey of becoming financially aware. Reb, will you pray for us? I will gladly. Father, thank you so much that you hear us and that you call us to tune our hearts to you. And um, Lord, I pray that for all of us, we will do what it takes to lift our heads toward heaven, shake off the shame of our spiritual journey, and to Mm -hmm. start putting your word in our hearts because your word says that when we put your word in our heart, we won't sin against you. And uh, we want to be close to you. We want to draw near to you and know the truth. And um, because we know truth sets us free in lots of areas. So for your teaching and your ways with us, we give you praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, and if you want to hear more Let's Talk Money, you can download it off uh, iTunes. Uh, just search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb, and you'll find it there. And please turn in the next few weeks, because it's very exciting interviews we're going to have. So that's mm. the, I'm not giving there, the spoiler. There's the little hook. Uh, if you want to get it off CHRI's website, you can download it there. And of course, you can listen on morethanenough.ca's website. All of them, uh, easy access. And of course, join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.